0: My name's Dina Leone. I'm from, I'm from Pittsburgh. But look what color the wristbands are, I'm just saying. But I live in Cleveland. The Lord called me to Cleveland <laughs> about four and a half years ago. So I did move my whole life there um, to work with Pastor Justin and Susie Mazlenka. Sorry, is that possible? <laughs> don't set me up. I grew up, <laughs> don't set me up oh there you go thank you thank you for serving the body amen yes (laughs) so yeah I'm in Cleveland um uh right now and working with the the church there City Reach Church with Justin Mazlenka Susie Mazlenka I don't know many of you have probably met them but I have also done um events and some form of events uh for a lot of time since I've been able to be in ministry and be a part of various churches and um I've done lots of different kinds of events. Anything, like if you read the description, I've done one form or another of most of those kind of events there. Small, large, urban, suburban, um, inside the church, outside the church, um, fundraising, team building, all of that kind of thing. So what that, all all, all that really means is that I've made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) So you get some of the benefit, hopefully, of learning that. How many of you here are, um, just let me get a feel are the person that's primarily responsible for coordinating events where you are okay how many of you have done have feel like you have a good handle on experience with events okay so a lot of you have done that okay um and how many of you feel like events scare me and i'd rather avoid them good that means most of the ones you've been a part of haven't been that terrible so um (laughs) That's good, and and you can feel you can feel the uh, empathy with each other. But what I want to do is uh, preface everything today, saying I do not think we uh, we will do, we won't do a deep dive into everything on your paper. Um, so what I do want you to do is maybe take uh, a few minutes if you haven't already and look through the outline. Um, I wish this were in a prettier form, but for event planning and whatnot. I'll have some images on the screen just to distract us from all of the words on the paper. Um, so none of the notes will be on the screen. If you want a soft copy, I didn't have time to upload them, but I will find a way to uh, make that happen. If you want access to um, more um, more of what I've used in the past myself, I'm happy to share any and all of that with you. Um, but looking through the outline, are there certain areas, and there's probably folks in this room who know more than I do, I'm sure there are, um, but are there certain areas or uh, portions of the outline where you really want to, to talk a little bit more about today? So as we go, if that happens, I don't wanna get too hung up in certain areas, which um, we all know we can do, but if there's certain things that like, I really wanna learn more about this, I wanna talk more through this, then, then we can do that um, in the room. And then, like I said, we won't get through all elements of event planning in, a, in an hour session. How many of you know that that's the reality, right? But we'll go through it and um, see how far we get. Let's open with prayer. Father, we come before you today. We glorify you, God. We thank you that this day, God, we pray is a form of equipping the body for your work, Father. We trust, God, that you have placed us and you have called us in, in, into roles, God, to serve and to equip, Father. We aren't here just um, to, to receive information, God, but we do want to be better equipped for wherever you have placed us. Father, we, we give you our service. We give you our gifts and abilities. Uh, we lay down our experience, God, and, and we realize, God, that um, the best thing is just to glorify you in whatever we do. We do for your name's sake, God. And so I pray that you do that even in this session, Father, that, that this would be a time of uh, learning um, how to serve and that it would bring glory to you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I will take a little time on this first bullet point of foundations, because for most of us in this room, often the foundational part is what we assume or presume and we operate out of. I'm not going to preach, praise the Lord, um, but in, uh, assuming, you know, like the the context and the heartbeat of the foundations in even event planning is happening through your leadership or if you are the one of the main leaders you're instilling that but i do want to remind us of that because it's really easy for me to get caught up into nuts and bolts and just get into all of the execution and the detail and all of that kind of thing but i always over the years you know certainly when i had opportunity as a as a younger person and younger christian Um, would just give myself all to the doing and the nuts and bolts of things and I do think the Lord honors and regards that but as I've grown I come to see hopefully and learn um, the function within in serving the body and the 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 foundations that have to be in place because who knows event planning is hard even if you're good at it who knows event planning is tiring even if you're good at it. the people that help with synergy they're going to be tired and it was hard work, and there were a lot of loose ends that needed to be tied up. But if we come back to um, the foundational pieces, and, and these could be built upon attitude, obviously, but if we come back to that, that will preserve us. Because then it will not be uh, the work, it will be the serving of God. It will be the heartbeat of God, and that is what sustains us. Listen, the best among us who can do tasks and lists and execute we we will never be sustained by that i thought i could be but it was my own strength and it it waned Um, and there were seasons and various events where i allowed that to happen or i didn't know better um, or didn't want to know better Um, and then lots of negative things happen and i actually end up being outside of the will of god while doing an event for god so if we can stick with these and i i will be i'll I'll try to be brief um with them but so the first one uh, and again these will not be revelatory but i do think What I want you to take away as event planners or coordinators or leaders is that are you instilling this, reminding yourself, and are you instilling and carrying this out within your planning, within your working with your teams so that you constantly come back to it because this will be the preservation for for what happens. The event will not have any lasting effect apart from such things. And so if you can come back and perhaps you want to form this in a different measure, perhaps you already have and bring these back, and infuse these into every aspect of what you're doing, it will make, that will be the event, that will be the, the result that we're going for, so the first is to seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and, and, the catch i have there is not on our own and not of our own so obviously seek first his kingdom we know is from matthew where he says seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness right and then all the rest but then all through john um john 5 john 8 john 12 john 14 john 17 all of it many times jesus himself will say i do nothing of my own initiative but I only do what, I, what the Father has told me to do. I only speak what the Father. And so often, when, when we do events, uh, um, tasks that we're good at, that we've done before, that we have ideas about, we can quickly move out in our own initiative. It's not not having initiative, but it's waiting upon, it's seeking first his, right? His kingdom, his righteousness, and then moving out of that. Certainly, Jesus had initiative but it wasn't his own initiative. It wasn't his own creation. It was the result of the, the father and what he heard and saw and was um, appointed to do from the father that he did. And so quickly um, we can get there. Proverbs sixteen nine: a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. When we get a plan in place for an event, a lot of times we can just run with it. We have to remember to continually seek the Lord so that our plans are there, but our, whatever steps the Lord wants to establish, we always allow him to do, right? Um, and then they will be firm. Ephesians 2 tells us Christ is the chief cornerstone right and then first corinthians 3 is the chapter where it talks about building the foundation upon which we build is christ and christ alone right and that we are co-laboring with god as he builds so the the function is that we build upon christ even in events can a block party be built upon the chief cornerstone yes right? Can God be building something through events? Yes. And he does. We, we recognize that and we co-labor with him in what he is doing through that. The next one calling your calling as our calling as the church, right? Is to strengthen and share, right? So oftentimes it's really easy to get caught up. At least it was for me. I'll say that. And, and hopefully that's changing is who can I use to make this happen? how can I pull this off? But really, if you go to Ephesians 4 and Romans 12, particularly those chapters, Ephesians 4 talks about the body, Romans 12 talks about the functioning of the body, right? But the the main thing, one of the main things in Ephesians 4 is what? That we, many are called as different roles, right? But it's for the equipping of the body unto service or unto work. So it's not mine, and and if that happens, if the equipping happens and the work happens, then it says if if everyone is properly functioning in the body, then the body is strengthened. That's the function. So I have to work when I've had to work, suppose, um, to get out of the mindset of using people. Who can I use? And we call that like using people's gifts. Even the terminology I do think is significant because then it becomes utilitarian and you're just filling something I need to have done versus my role isn't to put people to use, my role, your role is to equip them for the work. And if you do that, you will strengthen them, you won't just use them, and if they are strengthened and in their proper place, the body will be strengthened. So you have to view your role and it gets tough because the mindset is very practical. I need someone to do this. But the, the heart behind it always has to be, I don't want to just put people to use, even good use. I am there to equip them for the work of the ministry, for the strengthening of the body, right? The second thing is that we strengthen the body while sharing or spreading the gospel. So, um, uh, and that looks very different different depending on the context the type of event all of that sort of thing right but uh the the catch-all has to be that my role is to equip people that the body would be strengthened while not and then we share while spreading the gospel so whatever we're doing if it's planning if it's media marketing if it's all of that it's to strengthen the body, and to share the gospel. So whatever plan, whatever event is in place, um, we often think it's obvious. I'm spreading the gospel by doing compassion. But am I conscious about the spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, of Christ and him crucified, right? We have to be conscious of that. And then finally, um, your calling as a local expression. As a local church, right? So each of you come from and are, are part of um, a local church that carries a specific DNA and heart. So all of those first those first two things apply to all of us universally. And then God equips and, and gives measures of grace in the body. He gives measures of grace to various local churches. And so that you want you want to guard that above all else, because when we talk about events. Um, we can easily give way to what the event would call us to. Um, when we partner with other places, we can sort of uh, adapt ourselves to, to that or the expectation of that. But you need, you need to guard the DNA of your church. The DNA, the specific calling, the unique calling of your church as your leaders have been uh, instilling in you. right? You have to guard that so that you minister so the event happens as who you are not as the event calls for not as the community is not as the partnerships are you minister as who you are and so that is another thing you really want to reinforce with your teams it isn't just about this is how we do a block party this is who we are no matter what we're doing and however you infuse that you have to guard that at at, at all costs as you're ministering and as you're planning make sense questions comments okay um let's go to number one you're not going to be impressed with my powerpoint because i did it late last night so this is just to give you something to look at besides me um planning um someone just said uh that they came from the session with uh administration and they talked about the five w's and an h have have you heard of that five w's and an h so yeah very common in a lot of things but i sort of use these this is just some things that i use right um again whatever we can add to that take away from it so answering part of planning is answering the five w's and an h now sometimes a part a portion of planning is a brainstorming i don't have that on here because brainstorming is a whole other beast unto itself right you can do brainstorming generally it has a whole di- different connotation you've probably been a part of that you can generate ideas with brainstorming i'm assuming some of that has sort of been framed or modeled um, it's not necessary um, sometimes you have something in place and you're just going to go through and answer these questions anyway so the first one who are we trying to reach why are we hosting this event what is the event very simply just what it is it's a gala it's a block party it's a it's a celebration dinner right what is the event where will it be held when is the event and how will it look okay what does it include what does it not include if you get these questions answered um, and i'm not going to go into i think they're pretty self-explanatory again happy to talk be available for anything but if we get these answered that will serve as the filter for all else because who knows when you're planning an event particularly a big event that isn't um like i default to like a block party a lot of us have done those i would say some measure of community outreach like that then a lot of people a lot of good ideas are going to cross your path And the the tendency can be to not wanna wanna, um, alienate anybody, not wanna not recognize a good idea, and then sort of try to make it fit in. But if you stick to this initial outline of the five W's and the H, this is what we're doing, this is what we're not doing. That's a great idea, let me put that over here for something different, right? It allows you to stay focused and not then have um, 50 different rabbit trails that you're trying to do in something, right? So that'll help serve as your filter. The second part of planning is forming goals. So, what will make this a quote win? The kinds of questions you may want to frame are: We will know we've succeeded if blank happens. Actually, put that into words. We'll know we'll succeed if this happens. We'll know we succeeded if we hear people saying this actually do that exercise and say if, if i heard someone say after synergy x y or z i will have known we've succeeded right um, if i see this as a result if i see this happening during the event i'll know it we're succeeding actually put language to that don't let those just be ideas because that helps to create vision and helps to form goals right and then i would say no more than five major goals right um I've done, you know, th- that can be things like provide 1,000 free meals to elementary students, reach 500 people with the gospel message, have 20% of regular attenders sign up for small groups, right? Those types of things. Not all events require that. It is helpful for, to do that, though, because then you can also know not just what is, what am I observing, what has happened in what I'm hearing and seeing, but then this is the the, the qualitative or the quantitative portion of that, okay? No more than five um, though because it, then you can just want to achieve so much and then it takes away from any feeling or any measure of success good and then the last part of planning everybody's favorite develop the budget Arr, we hate the budgets now we love the budgets uh, develop a budget and identify resources So first is identify required and optional. So as you're planning, once you have what the event is, then you identify, okay, what resources are needed? Absolutely non-negotiables, right? And then here's some things that are negotiable, they would be nice, but they're not necessary, right? And then you're also, um, you're prioritizing those non-negotiables. So if you have, this is the must haves, these are the would like to haves, these go in priority then. Like if you, if you had to have something, if you had to have something that was optional, what would be your number one option, right? Prioritize those. And then secondly, identify potential sources to fill those needs, right? So you'll, if you have um, a need of uh, backpacks, right? You're gonna say, okay, I've identified that. That's a must have for a backpack giveaway. Um, what are some what are um, currently available resources do i have any backpacks available do i have anybody that has said they have backpacks available for me i'm identifying what's already in place i'm identifying what's not available yet that has to be obtained and i'm keeping a record of that i'm tracking okay i i need a thousand backpacks i have 500 this is where they're coming from this is the connection point i need 500 more this is these are potential sources for those and these are the point people that are going to reach out to them or maybe there's none of that middle yet right you need 500 and you don't have anything okay you know that and then you associate the costs with all of that right so if you know 85 so informing your budget you know you have to do the income side as well as the expense side so what happens in ministry a lot especially with new people is just like this is what i'm going to spend And you forget that the top half has to be there so when you're when you're part of the event planning and you're the coordinator for that you have to form your your budget based on income or what you have available as well as then what is going to go out so that you see the full picture and I would say for your income side, sometimes that can already be available. Maybe you already budget in your church for it. Maybe you have to fundraise. Maybe it's, it's not just finances. Maybe it's goods and services you have to obtain, right? But things that you're 85% or more certain of, I would say you can count on your top half or your income half right that you can be certain of if you're not really certain don't put it there because you're going to rely on it and you're going to you're going to spend based on that does that make sense so you have to do to do both of those and as you're looking at what resources do i need whether it's financial um, whether it's goods whether it's services then that forms the financial budget piece that you can operate off of does that make sense familiar for everybody maybe any questions Okay, so that's, that's the basics of, of the, that portion of the planning. Then the, this, the last thing um, is to outline a plan and a structure for your teams, or what I would call teams. And so these are just the teams that I typically have put in place. Finance, media and communications, people connections, partnerships, operations and logis- logistics, event day execution, I'm behind, see, I'm not real good at this. And then post-event. Those are the main areas that I've I've um, sort of formed events around. Number two, I wish that I could say I've written job descriptions for all of those. Isn't that a nice thing? Wouldn't that be great to say here's your I've not done that in complete and in, in entirety so if you have kudos but it is helpful depending on the if you're doing a small event you may not need that right but it is helpful if you can do that particularly if you're going to repeat the event if it's going to be something repeating it's great because then you have something to work from and you can raise up someone else that can learn from that too so um, designing a flow chart I have done that that's helpful designing a flow chart because that tells you uh, major areas where you need certain people right so that's a that's one thing I have done and then after you've done all of that, identifying the key lead, team leads, and coordinators. So these are um, your, your people that are going to carry a lot of responsibility. These are also people who should be recruited and met with one-on-one in person, right? Because you're asking significant something significant of them, and it's, um, it, you're going to be involved and personal with them. So you really want versus throwing out the net and say, hey, anybody want to come and serve snow cones? Right. If you have someone that's coordinating your media, you need to have a one on one talk and recruiting and working with them. Right. So that's those are the things. And then the last note I'll add about the planning portion is if you are fortunate enough to have a big team, it's and and you're doing a large event. It's great if you can have one designated admin that is going to help with administration for every area or more. Admins, right? That might be you. Like when I've coordinated events a lot of times, it's been me, right? But that's another great way to raise someone up who likes to multitask and likes to really support and come alongside others, and obviously, as administrative, that can be very helpful as you're planning. Questions, comments about planning? Yeah. What does the post event mean? Post event is things like um sending thank yous, getting reports in order. Um, having a a follow-back event that at the church that sort of brings people back into relationship it's the back door it's closing the loop yeah that's part of a debriefing yes debriefing gaining feedback yes anyone else okay financial I didn't go into a lot of detail about financial because it's pretty self-explanatory the financial team lead or whomever that is is really just monitoring and tracking the budget making sure people are getting receipts you know and and all of that's happening um and then uh following procedures so i didn't go in depth into that you probably have church uh policies and procedures in place for that but that person does need to be one who is administrative and can track and keep good records and is quick turnaround with things okay Media and communications. I did. Uh, there's a lot on media and communications because this team ends up serving um, a lot of all the other teams, right? So this is sort of like they're creative and beautiful. They think that way and make beautiful things out of you know what we tell them. So um, these portions of media and communications. So the person for media and communications, you could have one person that's the team lead on the whole thing but probably you want maybe several who are working together because there are large chunks and it is some, some of it is special specialty and so um, you may even want an admin assigned just to media. Anyway, just thinking out loud with some of that. But anyway, so there's a planning component in addition to the overall plan that you make for the whole event, there's a planning component that ties directly into media and communications that's gonna involve identifying each audience that you're communicating with whether that's pastors or whether that's your local chamber of commerce uh, leader, right? Whether that's parents or whether that's um, uh, the local food bank that's going to provide something, right? Those are all various audiences that you're trying to reach. You You want someone as part of that media team to identify, here's all the audiences that we are going and we need to reach about this event. Here's the... Here's the um, function or here's what we want to communicate. Here's the method of communication that we're going to use with them. And here's the point that's running point on making sure that happens, right? You want that as part of the overall plan and then timeline with that. Like we're going to send out a um, social media blitz here. We're going to do a media press release here. We're going to do a church, uh, announcement, right? You want to timeline all of those things. It's a pretty big undertaking for a communications plan. That's why there's a lot I devoted to that. But, um, second part of that, decide on your messaging. This is part, this is part of what the planning team will do as well as not just the media team. This is the collaboration, but you want to be sure it carries your DNA and your heart. You want to sound like yourself. I've been guilty of giving way to terminology. I used to be in the faith-based nonprofit world and working. uh, It's easy to give way to terminology that doesn't sound like me, doesn't sound like my church. It's good, but it it doesn't sound like me. So you wanna make sure your messaging sounds like you. You wanna make sure it can carry into all settings. It's not too complicated. It it translates well. You wanna have um, the terms you're going to use certain terms you want to want to give like who, who knows of, what their church mission is in a couple words no one yeah community over. community over right so you would want to say we're going to work that in somehow right you want to make sure we're, terms that we are going to use if there's something unique to the event that's a term you're going to work that in some way those are terms we're going to use and then also terms we're not going to use You want to be conscious of that because that can water and confuse the message and you want to be able to say these are words we're not using Um, you want to come up with your elevator pitch or your twit pitch your 240 character pitch or your story your insta story you want to develop the messaging the kind of message so um, if you're throwing a gala you probably don't want to do man on the street interviews as probably as part of your insta stories right it doesn't fit The messaging so you want to decide what's the what's the messaging the way that we're going to communicate and that'll depend on the event as well as um, the the why of what you're doing right so you want to decide on that this is ahead of developing all the materials because a lot of times what happens is we get it in the planning room but we're not thinking of it translating into all these other things and is it serving the message of the event itself you want to come up with your hashtags or hashtag right you want to come up with um, images that you want to use, Um, taglines, mottos, keywords, right? Those are all parts of deciding on your message. And then you wanna research other uses of words and keywords that you think are good, do some research. Because when you type in a certain hashtag, it may not bring up what you're trying to, right? So that, and you want to say like, oh, I didn't think that hashtag had a lot of notoriety and you find it's got like 30,000 followers on Instagram. Okay, so let's not do that, right? So you want to do some research there and you want the media team to do some research there. Timeline, I I jumped ahead and did that one. And then you want to obtain your web presence. So if you're going to do a domain on your own, if you're going to be a subdomain, deciding all of that and accessing and purchasing those things, having that, because you may come up like, um, I want to do an event that's uh, communityoverclicks.net and... You can't do it, okay, so what do we do now? Because we need to have a web presence, right? So you want to do that as part of your initial planning. Questions, thoughts about that in terms of media or communications planning? Okay, second part, letter B, design. So under media and communications is the design team. They're gonna be responsible for graphics and artwork, pretty self-explanatory. And then also they are going to design publications. Right, and so there I have, I think you guys, mine's a little bit more detailed, but I think you have on there um, the various formats. You have to consider, you still have to consider putting some things into print, right? As much as it's a digital world, you do have to consider the print, um, you have to consider digital, and you have to consider video in terms of design. And then the various types I listed there, just various types that could fit into any one of those things. And you want your media team to be responsible for that. a nice thing to do is if you are working across several locations or campuses that will have slightly different info, you can have your media team develop templates or plug-and-play documents um, that can, that, that local campus or that location can put their info in, but it still has the same format and look, and the bulk of the work is done for them, right? And you want this these uh, publications that will pertain to pre-event, during the event and post-event. There will be publications required for all three of those phases, okay? Letter C, the production part of media and communications. This is anything related to the obtaining of the finished materials, right? So typically, and I I don't mean to be stereotypical, but it is, um, your person that comes up with an awesome logo isn't necessarily the best one to call for, imprint, and get the pens, right? But you need to get the pens. So that's, the, that's what I call production. Um, or if you print things in-house for certain things, right? Again, you're gonna have someone, that whoever that person is, is gonna be responsible for whomever, whatever area of the event needs a flyer or needs, what are we giving out, whatever. The production part of the media and communications is responsible for getting the finished product, however that happens, in-house, ordering, all of that kind of thing. And then fi- um, letter D, distribution outlets so you you design them you produce them um, you want to distribute them these are the various types of distribution outlets again we're all probably really familiar with these but don't still forget depending on the audience that you have for instance it's a social media world but where i serve it's primarily um, urban so there's a lot of um, inconsistency with people like with cell phones even so like texting which you would think would be an automatic doesn't always work Not everybody in our demographics are on Facebook, right? So you do still have to consider who you are serving, who you are reaching, and what's the best way to reach. Who you're getting if you're going for volunteers here's the best way to get them if i'm going for attendees or participants here's the best way to enlist them if i need partners right so any one of these seven or all of them could apply in some way so we can't just you know like i want to shelve you know print work or broadcast tv or the community website there's folks that still look at some of that right and could be useful Right, So print, broadcast, outdoor, that's billboards, that's electronic billboards, um, that could be anything in that outside in a broad way. The web, of course, and that pertains to your own domain, a subdomain, links on partners pages, links on community websites, community um, activity pages, all that is part of the web. Messaging, whether it's email, text, Voxer, do people still use Voxer? I don't know. You do? Okay. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I probably should know that. Um, Anyway, whatever messaging, I didn't want to say group B because I feel I have certain feelings about that. Um, They're bad. Uh, Social media, right? Instagram is the the big one right now, depending on your audience again, but that's the primary one, all of them there. And then what I'll call grassroots, flyering, door to door, um, what I'll call pre-event pop-ups. If you want to do like a mini whatever, capture people, however that is, to introduce them, you could do those pop-ups and then get the word out that way. Those are all kind of grassroots kind of thing. Thoughts about distribution. Okay, and then media and communications as it pertains to the event day itself, or event days, is that they're gonna assist with posting the signage at the venue. They should be helping with that, or there should be members of that that will help with that. They're gonna document through photos, video, and doing lives, Facebook lives, stories, Insta stories, right? During the event and within mind post-event production of videos, testimonies, whatever that is. You'll know the people that have an eye toward that. Some, if you're a small church, you may not have that. You know, most of what I've, a lot of what I've done, um, it's just simply like, hey, you have a really good cell phone. Can you document the event for me, right? Other times I've had uh, a, a, other team members where they've been appointed to do, I want you to do one-on-one interviews. And these are the two questions I definitely want you to ask someone. What has, what has coming to this event meant to you? Or how has this shown you community over click? Right? And I want you to do that. Right? So you, it depends on how that, but you do want to document to the greatest extent that you can um not just to celebrate later with your team, but also then perhaps to bring forth uh, testimonies or showing your partner something, or for next year, for recruiting, or for gaining new people, you have something to be able to capture and show them, right? And then the last thing on event day is they'll assist the media team if there's a need for stage, whatever you're doing in terms of stage or entertainment, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And then post-event, you want them to be helping with thank yous, forming reports, putting things into various forms for testimonies and stories questions about media and communications. That's the, that's the, I've done no justice to anybody that's worked on those teams. But that team will then serve the other teams if they have a need for some form of graphics, artwork, publication, right? Thoughts, questions? Good, okay. People connections is what I call the next one. And again, I'm gonna go through these, I won't go through these in, in great detail. Um, people connections include volunteers, Right, other terms, serve team, dream team, whatever you call them, event staff. They include uh, participants or attendees, guests, whatever terminology again, and then event day, um, they'll uh, the people connections. So the people connections team is working with uh, folks that are volunteering. They're helping to filter them out to where they fit. However, right, when I have uh, the volunteers, the person that's in charge of that is gonna filter them to the other appropriate teams where they wanna serve if we have attendees if we're doing some form of registration a lot of events don't do that if you are the people connections team is working with those registrants like we've had times where you come and register and then someone is going to do the follow-up to tell them their specific schedule for attending right that's part of the people connections and then on event day your people connections team is going to serve at what would be your welcome your registration your check-in kind of thing so they have a dual function. see how they're crossing over so you don't need to have um separate someone's going to do welcome and registration at the event and they're not you can you don't need a lot of people if they're willing you know it's a it's a it's a big undertaking depending on the event but they can serve in both roles okay partnerships this is the one where i thought uh, maybe people might want a little bit more information but um, i'll just go through them and if you want you can ask questions so partnerships are um, from various sectors there's different types and there's some how-tos the sectors are the faith community the nonprofit sector, government, for-profit, social slash community, like civic groups, and then personal relationships. So these are folks or organizations that you are partnering with in order to make the event happen. And that can be does that make sense? Anybody want want to go through any detail about any of those sectors? Okay. The types of partners that you can ra- uh, form relationships with: sponsorship for finances, goods or services um we've had organizations that will send volunteers right there's some actual businesses that pay their employees to serve amen Um, promotions they'll help promote the event they may underwrite certain portions of that and just networking other people they can put you in touch with right that's a form of partnership in some ways and then the how to's are to identify these are things like who do i already have connections with who in our circle already knows someone that's connected and has a similar heartbeat for what we're going to do here who shares a similar value and how can we both work together and benefit again i'm not here just to get what i can from you because even in forming partnerships particularly as the church with um, unchurched non-churched unsaved right you still can they be partners yes but within that you have the opportunity of great ministry Right? To say, hey, thanks for giving us the hot dogs, but actually pulling in and forming a relationship and beginning to share the gospel. That way, again, you're sharing the gospel even in forming partnerships for underwriting. Right. So you want to keep that in mind as you're identifying them. You want to begin the networking process. You got to get out there you, you, or you have to have someone that's really good at it. Right. I'm actually an introvert. So networking is like it's crushing to me. Like I do not. I'm not good at it. Like I can tell someone else, hey, this person knows them. You should go talk to them. Right. But that is part of it. And you will, you have people around you or maybe you're that person that's great at that. Go and do that. And then you actually make the connection. You reach out right and the important thing with that is to listen first and not just come with what you're wanting or needing is to listen first and there's where you will find your minis- your opportunity for ministry before you just receive right we don't we don't want to receive first we give first right so that's important when we think about partnerships a lot of times we're concerned about the bottom line and we should be but really again that's another way of ministering it's not just am I putting a good name on the face it's there are people behind this organization. There are people that are involved in government. There are souls that serve in various capacities. I wanna, I wanna minister and be aware of that opportunity even in um, assisting because if I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, the bottom line will be taken care of. Okay, questions about any of that? Okay. Number seven, ops and log- logistics so i put this as a separate one Um, typically i i don't necessarily depending on the event listed as a separate team unto itself i sort of couch it under event day but uh, there can be a significant role depending on if you're doing a sizable event but um, their their role pre-event is to obtain permits regulations review the venue community rules and regulations they obtain insurance riders they do larger equipment procurement like a rental right things like that and they help to outline the site, draw the layout of everything. That's part of operations and logistics, how things are going to get places. These are the large things. The your ops and logistics person isn't getting uh, 20 packs of hot dogs, right? They're getting you know four hot dog roller maker carnival things for you, right? So you want to keep that in mind. Um, event day, we'll look at that in a little bit, and then post event, they handle, they button up everything, they return things, they they take care of anything that needs to be done in that way. Okay, Event day execution. Um, <laughs> and I'm going I'll go through some of the other handouts I gave you after we go through this. So this is how I break down. Again, I went with the, the larger, uh, block party day of hope kind of event that I had in mind when I did this and then it can be scaled accordingly um, it can be adjusted but I do think there's components of all of this to even if you were to do a gala or a team building or a small group sign up right so there's the ops and logistics role there's people connections there's food and refreshments activities entertainment speakers good services and then misc so ops and logistics these this person this coordinator is going to do load in load out parking signage safety security first aid trash tools and materials and clean up right they're um, often not as noticeable as the person on the stage but essential and things can really break down if your ops and logistics are off right people connections we talked a little bit about that this would be where your volunteers check in where your participants um, are welcomed receive anything like I would call the people connections the folks with their phones at the beginning today who were signing us in and giving us our wristbands right that's all part of that and then you would have a section for your partnership check-in how are you greeting those who have sponsored and partnered with you right food and refreshment self-explanatory activities games and activities usually if the, you know again that can that can vary contests other features that will be a part of it and I would add under that other features prayer we have had, you know, uh, I forget um, what session I was in. Anyway, they were talking about going door-to-door, the Hesters in Toledo, uh, just offering to pray with people. And um, they're in an urban setting. I'm in an urban setting, so maybe that's probably suburban. It might not work as well, you know, door-to-door offering to pray. But at every event that we have done, we always have a prayer station. Um for folks and people are really receptive and we we frame that out and so that's always uh a major that's a that's a given um i didn't do that at the gala i should say that like i didn't have a prayer station at the gala but any kind of outreach outdoor kind of thing we've done that entertainment and speakers that can be you know lots of things fall under that whether that's um bands that you're having come in whether that's a speaker that's designated the presentation of the gospel whether that's whatever that looks like that's your stage area right is under that goods and services depending on the event that's like giving out backpacks giving away groceries providing haircuts um, doing health screenings that's all in that sort of category and each one of these is a coordinator unto themselves Right? so there's a coordinator of food and refreshments there's a coordinator that's going to handle the entertainment and the speakers and then what i do from this is um is there an extra one yeah so i build out from this and i gave you some samples i take the event day if you look at the coordinator charts this was just an example i just gave you because i didn't want to overwhelm with unnecessary info But what I do is for each one of these areas, whatever's under your letter 8, A, B, C, D, E, right? I make a coordinator chart, and I capture everything here, as you can see. So I put um, the item that's going to be a part of that, the supplies, the number of volunteers that are the minimum number of volunteers, and then any notes, right? So this, and then I put this in the hand of that coordinator. Obviously not the day of the event, but also the day of the event. And then this would also go to my, uh, maybe my ops and logistics person. This would stay with me as the, co- the overall event lead, right? So this is just a way to capture and make sure all the bases are covered for that area. If you have coordinators that are um, really able, you can have them form this themselves. Or maybe after year one and it's a repeating event or quarterly event, then they fill this in, right? But this is a tool. I just wanted you to see an example of what that could look like. This is a tool that I've used and um, some folks have said it been, has been helpful for them to use um, for events. Questions about that, event the execution. Okay, post event, these are some things we already talked about, right? So this is what has to happen. I would love, it's so hard to push through after the event's over. You know when you're at an event and you're the primary person and then you do that fatal thing where you do this and it's like, it's almost at the end and like the last broom's going into the truck and you do this and you're like, I can never get up again. (laughs) Ever do that, right? The fatal mistake of sitting. Um, So that happens at the end of the event too because it's done like after synergy the you know it'd be great just to have it be done but we have to push through and do the follow-through right so that it isn't just an event but it's actually serving the purpose of the kingdom you know, God doesn't care about good events. He does. He wants us to do them well, right? But his, his intention always was that whatever was being done was as a vehicle to be able to bring people into the kingdom, right? So we have to push through. And perhaps you have separate people identified for this. Perhaps you have people that are working ahead already to be ready to pull the trigger. Like we've done events like that ended on a Friday and we had a separate team of like 10 people doing calls for people on Saturday and saying, hey, we have church tomorrow right? But you got to push through to do that because we do want to close the loop. We, we don't do it just so people think we have an awesome food bank or an awesome block party, or that was a great team building experience. We have to close the loop so that we bring people in so that it functions like the church should be functioning to make disciples. It didn't say go and have events. He said to go and make disciples. And so if events can be used in the scheme of that to bring people in, then, then we need to do that. Okay, Um, a couple miscellaneous thoughts, and then I'll take um, questions. Um, These are some things that you probably already know, some miscellaneous tools that uh, some of you, some I just know about. So G Suite for nonprofits, Google Suite for nonprofits. If you don't know already, you can, as a church, you can obtain uh, Google the G Suite for nonprofits for free. Um, if you go through the application process perhaps your church has already done that but with that then comes you can have eat your own emails you can have all of the access to to the documents and the document sharing the the task management that's up there with that you can have all of that that's part of that I can give you the info about how to do that after other tools for project management Basecamp, Microsoft Project, Asana, Trello, um, those are all ways if you're doing a large project particularly if you're uh, you some of your team members are remote or you're not in, con- that's a great way web-based to be able to keep track of everything that's happening who's responsible and to be able to communicate right it's not a replacement for your regular team meetings and connection and check-in points, but it's a great, to- those are some great tools um, to use for that. If you haven't used some of those, um, I encourage you. They're not necessary if you're all in the same room and same building together, um, because you can you can do that in other ways, but they are great for remote. Um, the Google Docs and things like that, or, or OneDrive if you're with Microsoft 365, those are all great ways. Instead of sending iterations of the same document, like if I made an edit to this coordinator chart and sending another email, with another attachment, so I have to do another search for your name and 50 things from last year come up? But if you do it on the web, you can edit and make real-time changes and then the most current version of everything is there and everybody's going there for it, right? Um, Wonderlist. anybody use Wonderlist? I love Wonderlist. If you don't, you should, I'm not gonna lie. W-U-N-D-E-R-L-I-S-T. It's an app for your phone, for your iPad. It's on the computer as well. And it's, uh, it's just like it is. You just make a list, just like it says. And what I most often use this for, and one of my biggest uh, personal tips, is to just continue to write things as they come up. To record them and WonderList is great for that so like for instance on Sunday mornings when I'm helping with the service right and um, someone comes to me and says we need more offering envelopes I go to my app on my phone and I write offering envelopes east side so that I it's gone it's out of my brain and and it's not nagging me on Wednesday going what did I need what there was something someone came up to me and said what was I can just write offering envelopes boom and it's there the, and you can make categories there and then put things in the categories. So I love that for, because a lot of times uh, when I'm driving especially, I'll start to think of things that are really important. And so I can like voice text something to that list, right? The best tip I have is to capture, especially as the planners and coordinators, capture those thoughts as they come. Put them somewhere. Put them in your notebook if you're a note taker put them somewhere and worry about where they go and who you have to talk to worry about all that later but get that in thought capture it and put it put it down somewhere whether it's digitally or um in writing and then come back to it you know when this really helps me is during prayer like every morning during prayer right Be, right because then you know i'm i'm beyond thinking i'm unholy right like because i couldn't say i thought about the event during whatever you should be thinking about the event maybe but what can happen is it it then i can ruminate and i can go down all the dominoes that are associated with that or then i can start to think of what I do is I keep my notebook or I keep my phone with me um, it's in, in times where I'm in prayer. And it, if something happens, it could be five things that are unrelated. I'll just text it or write it real quick and move on. Because then I have this security of knowing I'm not going to forget. And it was, or maybe like ideas have come to me like that for messages. And they're like in a place like this. And I'll be like, I can't, what, I can't look up five verses in Blue Letter Bible right now. What am I going to do? So then I write down, right, and move on so as you're in event season you know that that happens all the time do that accommodate that for yourself so that you can do that Wonderlist is great for me for that i have the categories um, sometimes i won't even put them in them if i if it's stealing too much of the moment but i will tech i'll write them in there and i have it for later and it sinks across everywhere okay um you could use excel simply you voice memos evernote if you're an evernote person hootsuite anybody use hootsuite to post to social media it's a it's a repository you can post plan and schedule all of your social media platforms and releases and craft everything and it'll do it automatically from one place um and then expensify apps like that to help track expense reporting and things like that um the the other thing i'll add to is um uh, Especially if it's going to be a repeating event, even if it's not, equip yourself and your main coordinators with ways to record their thoughts in the middle of the event so that something can be captured that's really helpful but isn't necessary to talk through then. So would have been nice to have uh, stakes and rope roping off this area. Okay, what's the way, to, and, and if you equip those coordinators to do that, they're not all waiting to talk to you or waiting with that on their mind. Find a, find a hashtag to do it under, find a way to access it on their smartphone, give them a, a piece of paper or a note card that they're gonna put in their back pocket and you're gonna collect those at some point because that'll serve two purposes. It'll allow you to actually enter into pre-planning for next year when you do your debrief and it'll also help you to remember in the moment versus next year when you're like, I don't remember, it seemed fine, nobody died, right? And you're like, ah, but there was like, you know, we didn't have any Band-Aids, like what, right? You get into that mindset. So that's in the middle of the event, have a place to do that. You know especially again if it's going to re- be repeating you want to be able to like um, Sundays morning services if you don't write it down next Sunday's here and gone and you're like oh, I forgot it again or at least I've done that right okay so that's the big whew, um, fire thing and this I whatever I can't do both so I'm not that skilled uh, I will have everything available digitally if you want it let me go through the last couple papers and then I'll take any kind of questions or Make myself available however you want. Um, so this is two-sided, um, but really they're separate handouts. So the, the one that says team leader info, city reach event, right, this was just, these are just templates that I use. But so when I, when I do have someone that's gonna be a team leader or coordinator, I'll give them a one pager either in print or digitally or whatever and this will capture it's a nice way for them to see the expectations it's in lieu of a job description which can be uh, as we know tough to put together and overwhelming for someone that just wants to serve but it at least says here's the expectations, so that we're tracking on the same page and what's expected of you and and what will be required for you to fulfill your role right that's a team leader and then the flip side is just one that I've given to volunteers and this I do give to the volunteers most of them the day of the event because they're not handling um, planning and coordinating roles but they are there are certain expectations if you have an event where you're doing a pre-event training or rally um, you could accomplish this there but this is a nice thing when they come to check in and get their badge or their shirt or whatever you put this in their hands as a reminder of what they're to be doing during the event okay so that's just what that is this last one is just something that sometimes i've posted at different events depending a lot of times the folks want to be know when certain things are happening (coughs) this is just something that gets posted around the venue Um, it's not the itinerary that goes to the team okay that was a lot i know it's we're tight on time um Anybody have questions? Yeah. It's in Word. Yes. In Word. Get yeah. Get. Let's exchange email information. I forgot to make that slide. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We can do that. Anyone else? You. You had your hand. Yeah. yeah it depends. I would say. Um, Six months minimum for a really big community-wide event, especially, and I would say nine months is more ideal. If you need partners, if you if you want to create um, uh, funding, you know, if you need to get that nine months, I would say. In terms of your planning, it doesn't mean you're executing or in execution mode, but you're planning and all that. Yeah, yeah. So just on that point on timing, you know that some sponsors, um, their fiscal year is important. Yeah. So if you can get them early in that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Your time span needs to take into account that. Right. Yes. It's just like having a baby. Nine months. Oh, we'll meet together this month and next month and the last month. You're like, every week. We're there. We're together. Um, Come and get my email if you want. Thank you so much. Um, Praying for all of you guys to do great kingdom work.